Hi there, before we start, if you're new to our show, thank you so much for tuning into our program and we hope you'll stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. We're really grateful for all your kind words and encouragement. You really help this podcast to gain a great exposure as our mission is to center the perspectives of the people who look like us and as women and people who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple and Google or Spotify. Leave us a rating and a review. And if you'd like to support us, please head to Buy Me Coffee page to make a donation, which will help us to continue the intersectionality of the podcast industry. Hey guys, this is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And we are Asian Bitches Down Under. And uh, if my voice sounds a little bit strange, it's because after more than two and a half years of managing to avoid the big C, I managed to contract it in the last week. <laughs> and this is... And this is uh, and this is a person who went around in the last few weeks, in the last few months, mind you, thinking and saying to my friends, is COVID even still a thing? <laughs> <laughs> did you I, say that to your friend? Yeah, I did. And then I caught it. <coughs> mm. um, so uh, I caught it um, while I was on a big, like a corporate cruise around the harbour. Yeah, it my was, goodness, cruise, oh my God, obviously. The best um, place to catch Oh, my COVID. God. I know it was like a twilight cruise with like maybe 150 people uh-huh. for a launch of a corporate feminist white feminist corporate kind of app and uh so I actually so that was a Wednesday and then I only started feeling um a sore throat on Friday mm-hmm. and I thought it was because on Friday Helen you and I recorded a very long podcast episode yeah, and so I thought on. yeah I thought it was that and then on Saturday morning I went on the uh, I went to the park run in Sydney Park um, mm. with a friend of mine at 8 a.m. And that killed me, honestly. It, that was hor- like because I hadn't run in two years. But I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen this friend in a while. You know, I, I want to join her in the park <laughs> run. Little did I know that she had just come like a, f- f- a few months ago. She was doing the marathon in Berlin. Mm-hmm. She didn't even tell me this until after when we were out having brunch. But, uh, yeah, my mistake, Helen, was uh, starting at the front of the pack on Saturday morning. Big mistake because everyone is just, like, actual competitive solid runners and I had been out for two years so I should have stayed at the back. Um, but, yeah, so on uh, on Saturday I did that and then Sunday morning woke and could not move a single muscle in my body. But it you was could have caught that marathon as well because it's just you say it's, like, a lot of people. I assume. Oh, but that's outdoors. You still can get. You still can get it. <laughs> True, and also that cruise. Um, it most of it was like outdoors, so I don't know how we got it. I think it was in the food. It must have been in the food because my colleague and I. <laughs> I don't know because my colleague and I, uh-huh. my colleague and I both contracted it, and also the woman who ran the event, the founder of this app, she also caught it. <laughs> I found out two days ago. My boss told me she also caught it. Uh-huh. So oh, it was my. a COVID super spreader. Um. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so and today is Friday. I had, like, an agonising week of sore throat, but today it's... You're recovered partially. Yeah, well, I'm still coughing a bit, but, yeah, I think it's it's improving. And you yeah. isolated yourself the whole yes. week? Your partner um, get it? Uh, 
Oh, not yet for some strange okay. reason yeah and he and i are around each other all the time but he has managed to avoid it mm, yeah. so lucky us strange scene yeah and um <clears throat> i wanted to like i was excited about recording this week um because yeah. i wanted to give our listeners my recommendation because you know i have a lot well you know a couple good ones because i've spent the week in bed resting but mm. before we do helen how was your week Oh, my week's been fine. There's not not much to report this week. I'm just trying to finish um, Ghost Town, which uh, I briefly mentioned earlier this year. Kevin Chan, yep. Kevin Chan by the Chinese writer, the English version. Um, I am happy to announce that I've scored, I think, I've scored an interview with her, but not yet that I can, anything that I can confirm yet. Oh, okay. Corresponding. That's um, exciting. Um, but this week is uh, Trans Awareness Week that I only found out like throughout during the middle of the week, mm-hmm. um, which is held from the November 13th to the 19th this year, leading up to the Trans Day of Remembrance. Uh, this weekend, um, I guess that uh, some of our listeners know that we are very LGBTQIA plus friendly and we often talk about a lot of gender diverse uh, issues. Um, so this week, I was just looking through some of the Australian trans people's like news story who is mm-hmm. i actually want to just mention susie wrong because um I've, i think we mentioned her last time in ghost another ghost piece of work um uh, ghost. yes that's she right the hungry ghost the SBS yeah. Drama. yeah she was yes and yeah. also um i believe she is a theater critic yes that's what i was reading about this week and i have so i have such a great admire for her work in theater reviews and her mm. kind of like a determination of being herself. Yeah. Um, I was just reading a 2020s Half Post article. She talked about her positive experience of working on a set with other Asians for Hungry Ghosts. Um, and she commented that homophobia and transphobia are still very real, especially in a lot of Asian cultures. However, mm. she also found that in many um, Asian cultures even saw that there is a strong rejection of queerness. People are able to master up the respect for people who dare to be who they are. I guess um, this is a bit different. With I don't know, like I I'm not gay. I'm not le- I'm not gay myself, so I can't speak for the people of that community. But my feeling is, or my own observation is. Um, Asians that even so that if they like they don't they reject queerness they don't tell you upfront they just distance you from it and they don't talk about it like they avoid the conversation about sexualities that's what's mm. conservative Asians yeah conservative Asians they avoid the conversations around sexualities or queerness but whereas in Australia from my observation is that um I've had, I've heard a lot of stories of my um, gay friends that they have been verbally or even violently, physically attacked here in Australia. Gosh. You know, the, a lot of homophobic 
um, just a violence attack. I think there is a currently, I don't know if it's the Royal Commission investigation into gay men's deaths in the 80s or the 90s. I, have right, to right. I, I remember reading it somewhere. Yeah. Like it, was, it became cold cases because no one just looked into it. But yeah, yeah. Recently been becoming unfolding. Yeah, yeah. yeah good time to reflect on all the um, terrible statistics about the lives of trans people and the adversity and violence that they face on a day-to-day basis. So mm-hmm. thank you so much, Helen, for uh, mentioning that um, on this episode. I'm going <coughs> to, excuse me, I'm going to quickly jump into my recs this week, yes, Helen. Please. So um, I had a really beautiful week of resting in bed and I, mm-hmm. I, I was telling um, my partner is actually there's something like obviously I'm a privileged person um, to be able to say this because COVID didn't affect me in the severity or the fatality that it did for so many millions of people around the world. Mm-hmm. But there is something about um, sickness um, that I um, I wouldn't say cherish, but I kind of try and appreciate in that it just makes you try and forget about everything else right in your life and just like you just for a few days you just try and focus on getting better and that is your only goal and I really appreciate it so as someone who is an insecure overachiever and who cannot and feels bad if I stop working you know Mm -hmm. I I just feel bad if I'm not producing something I think I I really um, liked being forced to just sleep when I was tired you know that was just so nice yeah. I would like, I, I even kept working, like, because uh, I uh, I did one job in the morning. I didn't stop for that because um, I guess I was just like, well, you know, it's um, kind of low impact work. So I was writing in the morning um, for a publication. And um, and then afterwards, in the afternoon, I would just have, I just had naps. Mm-hmm. And they were so delicious. And I just, yeah. I found it very delicious in the sense that I was just forced to forget about the anxieties I have about my future in the long term and just focus on the first, the next seven days. I just want to get better. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, that's my only goal. And that was like quite nice. And also um, nice to dig into great books. So um, I'm reading uh, several books at the moment on um, the slap by Christos Chokas, which I, you know, it's a classic. Everyone's read it. Mm-hmm. I know, but I'm reading that for my book club happening in December. Another book that um, I want to thank the publishers of um, Pan Macmillan here in Australia Shout out to Candice, the PR, who sent me uh, a book, a translation book. Um, and yeah. I really appreciate, Helen, I know I don't know if I've told you this, but I really appreciate books that are s- really slim. So um, yeah, um, very short novels. Very I friggin', yeah. yeah, I friggin' love short novels. So this one is a book called We Had to Remove This Post. And it's a uh, very slim novel coming at 135 pages um, by a Dutch author mm-hmm. by the name of Hannah Brevotes. And uh, this is, I'm going to show Helen the title cover. It's really great. And basically it's, uh, I I was excited to read this, Helen, because um, I've never read Dutch authors. Mm. Uh, Mm. But one of my favourite books, Katie Kinnamara's Intimacies, is set in uh, The Hague. Hague, yep. Uh, So Hannah's book, We Need to Remove This Post, is basically a workplace drama, a workplace kind of comedy. Um, And it's kind of like Severance by Lena. Did you ever read that? I think your son read it. Yeah. 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 And it's an extraordinary book. Um, And uh, it's a book about a woman who it's a young woman who is queer and she starts working for this company called Hexa. And 
uh, she kind of explains her role, which is as a content content moderator. Mm-hmm. And so she watches videos all day long, seven, eight hours a day, and she has to has to think about whether or not that video is uh, violent and if it needs to be taken down or if it can be left up on the platform. Mm-hmm. And in the end, there's a large, there's a long list of references. And w- basically, um, we are sort of, she's insinuating that this job, this fictional job is based on people's lives as content moderators on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the book, she has a list of references, like um, The Guardian, HuffPost, all these collection of um, publications, news art publications about um, people who have sued Facebook for trauma for the years and years in which they endured watching these horrifying videos. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's such an interesting book because um, I really like workplace drama, especially when it, and only when it centers a woman. Because, mm. And I was trying to figure this out why, because like who wants to read about a person's work, right? But the yeah. thing is like for me, I don't find novels about marriages or relationships very interesting. I actually find novels that center a woman and her work and her job very interesting so for instance this book hannah does that really well another one is like severance in severance i believe the main character candace she also works for a public she also works um in she i think she works for some sort of publication like they print bibles or something like that <laughs> bibles, um, okay. yeah and um uh, and you know that's a pandemic book it was it came out before the pandemic but it's um written about a very much pandemic COVID aligned reality like the one we actually had. So uh, I read it before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic happened, I read Severance again. And it was absolutely terrifying because so much of what I read on the page was very much like what we we were going through globally at that point. Mm -hmm. And it's very much like Intimacies as well, because Intimacies is a book about a woman who's a translator for the International Criminal Court. Yeah. And, um, and um, so much of the book is about her work as a translator. And so um, I cannot recommend this highly enough. It's like I finished it in a day, this book mm. by Hannah Berovit. Um, She's very young. I think she's in her mid-30s. Um, I think this is her first book. Um, shout out to Emma Rolt, who is the translator, obviously. You know, you and I, we love talking about the importance of reading translated texts. Yes. yes. Helen, have you read anything from that part of the world? I don't think that I have. Uh, I haven't been reading a lot that is Europe-centric at all mm. for the past two years. I'm just trying to focus a lot on Asian writers or at least um, Asian publications that's been translated from their own native language into English. Yeah, so no, I haven't. But it sounds like a very interesting and contemporary very much related to our everyday life, like the mm. digital world and censoring, yeah. all sort of well, those things that our last generation hasn't experienced. Exactly, exactly. And what's so fascinating about this book is she goes into the details about um, how the rules change every day about what's allowed online and what isn't and the different sort of measures or the metrics that they use to decide whether or not something is whether or not a video criticizes a protected group. So a protected group is like a religious group, like Muslims, Christians, mm-hmm. um, black people are protected, um, Asians are protected, um, minorities are protected, disabled people, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and all, um, it, um, it was just it was such an enlightening book and I can't recommend it enough. Um, before I go on to my second recommendation, Helen, do you want to sh- give our listeners your first top pick 
of this week? Uh, for what I have consumed, um, I haven't. I don't know. I don't think that I want. Helen to- hasn't consumed anything. Back yeah, to me. I I haven't consumed anything that is healthy, to be honest, this week. There's no such thing as healthy. (laughs) When you watch a very trashy Nicolas Cage movie. Nicolas Cage is the best. (laughs) No, this movie is. Wait, I know what it is. I know what it is. It's the one where he rides a motorcycle. No, 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 not that one. It's a very, it's a rather recent film. And I don't think it has been marketed that much enormously online anyone else it's called willie's wonderland and it's a very strange uh cult thriller sort of movie i don't even know how to explain it i'm so bad explaining films but essentially nicholas cage plays this um loner who drives through a town where he got stuck and he was kind of forced into cleaning this deadpan um you know one of those i don't know if you have gone into one of those play centers that is uh, catered for kids where they have um playing areas and they have like a cafe beside it yeah of course i have they're in shopping centers everywhere now yeah and they cater birthday parties for the kids as well so willie's wonderland essentially is like a place like that but it's kind of desolated during there was a rumor about the old the owner was being like a, this synthetic um pervert who was a pedophilia oh pedophilia and then the, it was closed down but now this businessman's trying to open it up um it, it it's complicated it, and it's also not complicated so nicholas cage plays this guy who has zero lines in the whole movie what all he does was fighting this evil uh are they puppets puppets yeah evil puppets being possessed by devil <laughs> wait did you see this with your nine-year-old daughter no of course not oh, okay I yeah. was like, this looks like horror no it's horror it's horror it's semi-horror right. as well but um it's very similar to one of those 80s horror films where you can see grotesque violence mm. um but when people have sex you will not see the tits <laughs> it's just right, right so bizarre and it was just a film that we want to watch without using too much of our brain cells and right. my husband just gave up watching five ways through he's like this is a piece of shit. i'm not gonna watch it he's done and then did you finish it I finished it. Oh, I love it. You're a completist. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Not completist. You, yeah, for Not most you. of books and films, that there's hardly much of books and films that I don't complete. But I just saw, uh, I know what's, how it's going to end, but yeah. I'll try to finish the whole film because people make efforts to make the films anyway. You are so noble, Helen. Yeah. Don't go, don't, don't go and watch it. Willie's Wonderland. It's so it's the other week, um, my partner and I tried to. We started the Big Short. Oh, okay. You know that movie yeah, I've heard by it. Adam McKay. Yeah. I'm generally a pretty okay. I, I I'm pretty ambivalent about Adam McKay. I except Vice. I really loved Vice. Mm-hmm. I, I have mixed feelings about it, but I really loved the film. Don't Look Up was a bit confronting. Again, kind of liked it, but this one. Um, I didn't finish it. So we watched it and then I was like, I can't do any more. So we stopped, but my partner went on to finish it yep. a few weeks later. But have you seen it? I, I haven't seen it. I think like I've seen it. the trailer years ago. Oh, right. Yeah. It's 
I don't know. I just I think me and financial crisis kind of rhetoric oh, and yeah. content. I'm just it's like hard. my it's mind's hard. out of it. I just cannot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. There's like great actors in there, but uh, I couldn't do it. Um, my second and last final recommendation for this week is a TV show, and mm-hmm. this is the first time I've ever recommended something on network TV. Oh, and it's um very much alike the show the 12 which i mentioned um a few weeks ago uh-huh. and this one i'm very proud to say is another australian production it's streaming on um channel nine like we don't have strange. yeah we don't have net, like tv at home so i had to go on and uh-huh. click on the watch live tv on in the cha- on the channel nine website and the show is called after the verdict mm. don't know if you guys have heard of but uh, i think helen you put me onto this i i had no idea i didn't yeah. I saw part of it. I right, saw part yeah. of it one day while I was getting my bum me at our local Vietnamese bakery. They mm-hmm. usually have like a TV at the corner. Oh right. Yeah, those traditional what bakeries. What time of those. the day was it showing? It was midday. <laughs> 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 I went to get the oh, bum me no. after my climb. Oh no. And then I just suddenly like I usually would not look at network TV at yeah, all. Yeah. If it's given me for free. <laughs> yeah. It's free anyway. But then I was just very surprised to see an Asian face on channel. Yeah, an Asian lead on commercial television. I mean, this is monumental. And the the actor and the actor we're talking about is of course Michelle Lim Davidson, who mm. we best know as a STC theatre actor. So yeah, I've seen Michelle I don't know her from Play School. Oh yes, you she know her from Play School. Yeah. From Play School. Yeah, yeah, so I know her because um in the past few years I've seen her on the stage. She's had she's done several stuff yes, with STC. Well. Yeah. And you know, because we're Asians, I pick up on Asians and I, I love Michelle's work. I think she's a brilliant actor. Mm-hmm. And so I was very much like looking forward to watching this. Um it's six se- it's one season, six episodes, they're about forty five minutes long. And um, I'm up to the last one. I'm sort of savoring it. Uh, I've been watching it this week. It is really good. It's really, really well written. It's everyone is just like so sympathetic. Magda Sabansky is another star in it who I just love. She really plays. Um, she's in a gay, lesbian relationship with Virginia Gay, um, and it's just so funny, Helen, because like it's because it's network TV. We we don't get to see them kiss. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. Lesbian kiss on TV. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, oh my God. Like, it's 2022 and we have, I don't know, actually. I feel like um, they must have had queer people. Like, wasn't The Bachelor at um, Brooke Bernie or whatever her name is? Yeah, yeah, I know. Someone or other. Wasn't she like a lesbian or queer? So she, I'm pretty (laughs) sure we've seen gay people kiss on network television. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. this show we they they don't make Virginia and um, Madga Madga um, kiss for some reason, but um it's so great because uh, I just love Michelle being the lead. She's mm-hmm. like clearly the lead. Like you know, in the twelve, um everyone every one of the jurors that we um, spend time with, uh they have sort of like equal time distributed to them. Yeah, yeah. but well, but this show. Some juries had less time. Oh yeah, like the Asian Trevor. We don't forget his background at all. But um, but this show very much centers um uh, Michelle uh, Michelle Lim Davidson's uh, predicament. So she plays a divorced mother of two called Clara, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's so great. And then basically, the premise is very much like 
the 12, except it kind of kicks off when the jury has finished and they've already given the verdict. Yeah. So um, they uh, let this um, woman who was accused of killing her boss off. They find her not guilty. Mm-hmm. And then um, slowly, slowly, this woman who was accused, um, she wheedles her way through into Clara's life and the lives of the other jurors. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes... Like my partner came up with this excellent um, analogy. He said it's kind of like only murders in the building and the twelve. It's kind of ah. like both of them. And I'd also add it's they're going kind- through investigation themselves, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. But I also add it's kind of like um, uh, killing Eve because, like, there's some kind of yeah, oh, okay. Um, there's some you, you would love it. Yeah. You would love it because there's some kind of queer. I would like to see it, but. Obviously, I don't think they're, they're going to go that way because it's network television. But there is a queer sensibility between the relationship of Clara, um, Michelle's character, and the accused woman whose name is um, Heidi. I think her name is Heidi, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they, like, like, you think that they're going to kind of have some sort of queer um, romance. Spark, yeah. yeah, there's some queer spark that happens between them, but, you know, it's never actually explicitly stated but mm. um yeah it's a wonderful show cannot recommend it enough um probably the first and only time i'll recommend something from channel channel nine <laughs> that's quite interesting yeah because i saw parts of it like five minutes while i was waiting for bummy and i was really surprised to see michelle lynn davidson's face on channel nine yeah yeah the drama and i i was thinking that oh maybe i'll give it a try because and you know, the trailer seems you know, it seems fun as well. It seems like a fun little drama. Yeah, it is. It's it's really great. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, so let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we are going to delve into one of this media journalistic product that, honestly, I don't want to talk about it, but I need to talk about it as well. It's one of Helen's rants. <laughs> it is one of my rants. We'll be right back. Okay, so we're back. We just briefly talked about the piece that we are going to discuss today. And Jess said that she doesn't want to involve, she doesn't want to invest her efforts or energy into. <laughs> given well, the- just because when what we're what what we're talk, about to talk about, Helen, um, you just explain it, and I'll give you my side. Yeah. Um. So Jesse earlier this week sent me uh was it like a preview of a photo of an opinion piece in the Australian. So this piece is written by a guy called Nick Cater, and he is one of his what the, the director of Menzies Institute, director or some or someone who represents Menzies Institute, who, which is founded by um, racists, <laughs> founded by the Liberal Party. So this piece in the Australian is about single unmarried woman. Um, the title, Single Young Females, The Biggest Threat to the Parties on the Right. The op-ed started by uh, started off by commenting that the recent midterm election in the US, and I quote here, where Joe Biden has every reason to be grateful to single women, one of the fastest growing voting blocks in the US and Australia, their steadfast devotion to the Democrats. And he continued, single woman and young woman 
stuck solely with the Democrats, most notably in the cities and in more progressive states, their support arguably kept the Democrats from losing the state and came close to saving the House of Representatives. Um, which he goes on about the trend in Australia, which is sim uh, uh, what the singles 20 and 30 something is one of the most, he, he calls it disturbing trends to emerge from last year's census. Mm. I don't know why he used the word disturbing. Is that, I think he's just really extending his dislike of the young people vote, voting against what he wishes for. Or is, is it because uh, uh, he feels like the young voters, the young voters are becoming more subversive about their choices, you know, according to him? Um, the whole article is just really constantly, uh, you know, over the woman who are single and he attacks the liberty of those who choose not to be in the relationship based on the idea that um, he goes on talking about that the nuclear family. Um, is very a central value for the liberals, and let's not forget his ideal his ideal nuclear family is most likely to be heterosexual partnered family. And he said that they those kind of families benefit into the society is very sort of like a inflammatory commentaries. I think he's just um, he's being really punitive about single woman and blaming a lot of issues on women. One of his observations of why women, in his reasoning, that single mothers are voting Democrats in the US and voting Labour in Australia is because they have vast interest in state interventions. As he compared uh, a generation ago, mothers expected the breadwinner to support them. And this is just outright ridiculous rhetoric, I think. He does not go into the detail of why mothers become single mothers or single parents. You know, statistically, gender domestic violence. He doesn't mention about that. Mm. Uh, he just bluntly states that single mothers vote for the Democrats and Labour because they wish to see more state intervention, which is not all true. I think it's more of a support. You know, you need, oh, you you need state in, in, intervention, obviously, when it come when there's like domestic violence. But they, uh, single parents need the support as well. And his second paragraph is just pure gold. He says that government must address the promiscuous access to higher education and encouraging more young adults to get into workforce earlier or learn a useful trade. Uh, essentially, he wants young people, especially young women, I think, where what, he, what he's insinuating here, to stop being educated. I mean, what is he, like Taliban? I mean, without education, um, that is, it will be easier to com like control and manipulate the citizens. Yeah. You know, he wants people to become more submissive. Um, he's just saying that, why don't you go and, I mean, why doesn't Nick Cater go and learn a useful trade himself rather than writing such a misogynistic yeah. article? Yeah. So um, in Australia, when that piece went live, I think every woman who has any kind of public profile uh, went on Twitter and tweeted about it. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, he got everyone up in arms, which I think uh, I think this is why I disengaged with it because, you know, there are so many Nick Caters out there, people, mm. so many people like Nick out there who um, I feel like are just writing these pieces to be deliberately incendiary. 
Mm. They just want to create a fire. They just want to get us, like, women anger, angry, you know. And I was just like, I'm, he doesn't deserve my anger. I, I, I didn't even read the entire piece. I was just like, I read, like, highlights of people who are, like, you know, highlighting paragraphs or line sentences from the article that were most incendiary. And I was like, I roll. I'm not going to give this guy my anger mm. because um, I have too much anger to give in the world and he doesn't deserve it, you know? Mm-hmm. I yeah. honestly just shrugged and thought, who the fuck is this guy? I've never heard of him. <laughs> Next. <laughs> the next one will be the same as well. I think this kind of guy, this kind of man would, it would be hard to change the idea because they're just stuck in that kind of generation and ha- have that kind of very consciously, I wouldn't even say subconsciously, they're consciously trying going out and attack women like that. And I guess you wonder the fact that, that Kata, K- K- what he wrote in the article that he preferred women to be married is because traditionally most conservative men vote for liberal i.e white right wing and the husband of the relationship ho- holds the power, power. influence yeah, over who his wife would vote i was both surprised and not surprised when i read in a forum this is a little while ago i think it was back in um may just before may when we had the federal election the where in this forum that um, Asian women in Australia during the time of election saying that they often cannot bother to look up candidates in their electoral. Yeah. We just ask for, we just ask their husband like who to vote for. They rarely engage in their own surroundings politically. That is, that is extraordinary. Yeah. And I, I get it. You know, life can be busy with work, home, and kids, but this is most imperative that when women really need to recognize nowadays that our rights to critically scrutinize what the government is doing and vote for the candidate. I don't even care who you vote for, but I think it, it is, as a citizen of a democratic society, your, it's your responsibility. Yeah, it's your responsibility yeah. to look into the policies. Yeah, of each politician yeah. and vote according to your own values. Mm-hmm. Also just extraordinary to think that uh, someone would be like, would um, delegate that important role um, to someone else, like their husband, because like I, I don't think me and my partner have absolutely aligned values, you know. It's just extraordinary <laughs> yeah. that you would think, oh, um, let me just ask this whole other human being with like years and years of whole other human experiences to yeah. tell me what is most important. That mm-hmm. feels, God, that is like yeah. just diminishing your own agency and your humanity. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the best interest, what you look for the best interest for yourself is not necessarily the same as your partner because not only your previous life experience, what you're currently experiencing in your life might not affect the same with your partner. Exactly. Example, more women care about Childcare policy than men. Yeah, than men. Yeah, because men rarely, you know, the child upon, Yeah, the childcare duties, and it's really important that um, I think woman, more woman, even if you're not engaging politically in like, if you're even if you're not engaging politically or actively in, what I'm saying is that in the councils or become a candidate or mm. you know supporting a specific party but i think it is really important to at least read 
<laughs> read the news and go through the candidates in your area. Yeah, absolutely. And know what the policymakers are working yeah. on at the moment. Yeah. Ditto. Absolute ditto. Well yeah. said, Helen. And also that this is the objective that this cater guy wants. He wants that woman to be minimally educated, a constraint into marriage where husband can over overpower his wife to ensure the woman is mounted with work and kids and she doesn't have the time or energy to think about political engagement. Oh my god. Yeah. So But also let's keep in mind that this guy published in The Australian. Australia. You know? So if you don't know, I think we mentioned it before on the pod. Uh, the Australian is a very uber right wing conservative publication. Yeah. So into the of that the sort of readers that they attract. Yeah. Yeah. Any final words? I don't have anything else. Oh <laughs> uh, no, but um, I'm looking forward to um, I, I wanted to share with our listeners in the next couple of weeks because we only have a few weeks left of 2022. Helen and I are going to start uh, compiling lists of our favourite books of the year, our favourite yeah. movies and our favourite TV shows. We will also be compiling a Christmas wish list um, for our <laughs> listeners. So it'll be a, um, it'll be a um, awesome list of about 10 to 15 awesome gift ideas from our Asian bitches community. Um, so local arts and craft, little gifts and gadgets for you to buy from our awesome Asian Australian makers here in Australia. Because, you know, Helen and I, we like to buy locally and we like to support local um, businesses. Um, I know that, Helen, you sent a link um, this morning to our two chat about um, about um, a Chatswood, um, Chatswood Festival holding a Taiwanese snacks. Um, yeah, I- Pastry shop or something? I saw the online. It's a Taiwan pastry promotion. It's happening next weekend on twenty. Next Saturday, yeah. Next Saturday or Sunday, I think it's twenty seventh of November. Uh huh. Yeah, Chatswood Mandarin Centre, where they have um, a couple of Chinese bakery bakeries and also representations from the representatives from the pastry representatives from taiwan awesome to present their products oh my god i cannot wait (laughs) well yeah um we're going to be away on holidays but um we will definitely put a link to that in our show notes and on instagram uh because yeah we're all about supporting taiwanese people here absolutely Okay, so that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple, and give us a five star rating. If you would like to us, if you would like to support what we do here at Asian Bitches Down Under, head to our Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry. So that's it from us this week, and we'll chat to you next time. Bye.